Morning, everyone. Isn't our church full of absolute heroes? Uh, it's great to celebrate Mark and Hazel and also to hear Ben and Zoe's journey. And just to know that uh, Ben and Zoe's journey hasn't just been because, uh, I mean, they've really pushed in and plugged in, but it's been because of you guys as well, getting around them and loving them. And, uh, and it's genuinely uh, my uh, privilege and honor to live amongst you. Often when I think about you as individuals and think about uh, us together as a church community, I'm, I just am thankful to God, and I'm thankful to God that he's planted me here amongst you, and I'm thankful to God that I get to do this with my life. So uh, that uh, uh, is because of you and because of the things that God is doing in and through you and uh, because of our togetherness. And it's also the way that uh, Paul writes when he writes to uh, his friends in Philippi. Uh, in the book of Philippians, he starts uh, his letter and he says... I thank my God every time I remember you or every time I think of you. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy. I do too for you guys because of your partnership in the gospel from this first day until now. Being confident in this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen. That's my prayer for us as well. Uh, that God, who began something incredible in us, will continue it in this amazing city until Jesus comes again. And I've been reading, I think I mentioned last week, Alan's book uh, on Philippians, my favorite church, you can get it at the back. But as part of uh, this and the reflection uh, that he brings uh, around what Paul says about partnership in the gospel, it just kind of really stood out to me. So I wanted to share it with you before I dig into what we're talking about, connect groups. So uh, when uh, Paul is saying, he's thanking God for his friendship with these people in this city called Philippi, he says, I pray with joy because of our partnership in the gospel. And this is what Alan says about that. He says, Paul believed every saint was a participator in the gospel. Here, together, we're all participators in the gospel. And this corporate terminology is really important. Participation with God also involves participation with other people, with one another, like Ben and Zoe. Their participation with God has also included their participation with one another, the church, with authentic interaction with one another and also with the people around us who aren't followers of Jesus. And it's not just friendship, but it's purposeful partnership. So we're not just hanging out here on a Sunday just for friendship. This is purposeful partnership. We are on a mission together. This word partnership is, uh, in the Greek, it's this word koinonia, and it means joint participation in a common interest or activity. God has called us guys together for purpose. And that purpose includes the reconciliation of all things to himself. And we get to do that with him as his friends and his servants. I love that. So it's not just partnership, it's purposeful partnership, it's proactive partnership. Everyone's got a role to play. It's not just about me up here. It's about all of us going wherever God's called us and planted us into our workplaces, into our communities to bring his good news and be his good news to the people around us. And it's also persevering partnership. Paul understood human relationships and part of his gratitude was the fact that the Philippians had been there from the first day 
and they were still with him. They were faithfully with him. And I am so grateful that faithfully together we gather and we're in relationship and we know it's not easy, but we're together and we're committed to one another. So it's persevering. So it's purposeful, proactive and persevering. And we believe, like Paul did, that he who begun the good work in us will bring it to completion. And I have a belief in that, that the dreams he's dropped in our hearts for this city, he's going to bring to completion. Uh, He's going to do good things through us. We're going to bring progress to this city because of our togetherness. So something here about togetherness, something really important about being together. I don't know, sometimes I hear as a pastor that some people don't feel like they're part of it or they don't feel like they've got uh, a place here that really breaks my heart because I want to say this morning that everyone every single one of you here in this place has a place in this family and we want you to be included not disconnected I believe this morning that the Holy Spirit wants to guide us and to remind us this morning of the importance of our togetherness and our purpose his plan a for the world to hear his heart for our city to bring transformation as we do it like Stuart said as an army together on a mission. He made us his partner in the restoration of all things and anything that's out of line in your world and in the world around you, in your workplace, in your street, in the community that he's put you in. He's given you authority to begin to partner with him to make that right. But it's not just as an individual. Uh, There's something incredible about the way that we gather together and there's no way that as individuals we could do it on our own. We have to be in relationship. We have to stick together from that day until now. We have to be together in order to impact not just the destiny of one another but the destiny of our city and the destiny of the people that he's put around us and so our gathering but also our scattering is done through partnership and community building life together highs and lows sharing hopes and dreams and in uh, the first century Palestine uh, when the stories of Jesus's death were still within living memory The good news of Jesus traveled like wildfire, like some might say it went viral across the whole of the Middle East and the Mediterranean. And I think if it's been done before, I believe it can be done again. One of the things that I get really excited about student ministry is that the people live in such a close contact that the possibility for revival is... uh, really within reach. People who are, it's like a, if a germ gets uh, put around in a school classroom, everyone gets it, don't they? And if uh, the good news of Jesus gets heard about on the campus and people pick it up and miracles and signs and wonders happen, it just goes whoosh. Uh, there's also in uh, air bases or uh, the RAF or army places, uh, military uh, camps, they're the other places that revival is the most uh, within hand's reach and also in prisons. But I'm believing not just for on campus or in prisons or on RAF bases, but I'm believing for our city as well, that God would speed up his restoration of the world. And as we remember and think back of what happened in the book of Acts uh, and the the activity that happened after Jesus uh, went to heaven and left his power of his Holy Spirit, we see incredible activity and incredible signs and wonders. I just want us to read together uh, Acts 2 verse 46 and 47. It's one of my favorite passages And I believe that as we sit together this morning in this place, God can stir our heart for some of this to happen again in our life, in the people around us. 
I'd love you as I read this uh, to not necessarily read along, but to picture in your mind and ask God to place you in the story, to sit uh, in uh, that story and imagine what it would have been like to be there. It says this, they devoted themselves to the apostle teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who was in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They praised God and they enjoyed the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I wonder if you uh, put yourself in that story, whether you can feel the buzz and the energy of that passage, that kind of counterculture way of living. I wonder if you can imagine the joy and the hope that was in the hearts of the people who'd never seen or heard of Jesus, and then they saw the way that they loved one another, and they shared what they had, always preferring each other, always sacrificing, just like the one that they followed and worshipped. I wonder if you can feel that as the onlookers saw the power in their midst in the community and the supernatural gifts and miracles, uh, that healing happened and resources were multiplied. I wonder if you could feel that kind of astonishment. And naturally, because of all this, the numbers grew. Uh, Unbelievers confessed with their lives that Jesus was Lord and they would too follow his way. And as I read it, I picked up the heartbeat of joy and love and excitement and grace that pulsated through this passage. And it makes me jealous that in our lives, we would have that too as a local expression of the body of Christ in this city. And it builds faith in me for the people who are yet to find Jesus and to know Jesus in Lincoln, uh, that we have the same love and the same power and the same faith amongst us what could happen uh, as the gospel could go viral in our day. But it requires partnership and the same level of proactive, uh, proactive, persistent, purposeful partnership that the early church showed. We need to create and work out amongst us koinonia, partnership with God and partnership with one another, commitment to each other. And this doesn't happen just in the gathered church. It happens as we meet in each other's homes, as we do life around a table, as we share the details of our lives that we can't possibly share in this context here, as we get to know each other. And we do that alive through connect groups. And the purpose of connect groups is to raise disciples through committed friendship, through mutual support and pastoral care, by living extraordinary lives empowered by the Holy Spirit and through environments where people grow and trust and follow Jesus. And we can see this worked out when we see people being discipled and multiplication of groups and proactive pastoral care. And connect groups, they don't just replace the gathered church, but without them, it's difficult for us to live out what we are doing. So we can't, uh, it's not either or, it's uh, both of them. We gather together and then we break down into small groups to have real, authentic relationship. So I want to look at this passage and see what it's got to teach us about living in this way today. So there's three points and as we go along uh, we're going to hear from some of the heroes in our church and some of the things uh, that are happening through the life of connect groups. The first point is we connect together in small groups so that we can grow in relationships. 
We connected to grow in relationships. You see, they sold their possessions and their property. That's pretty counterculture to give to anyone who is in need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts and also they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. That sounds like loads of fun to me. Being together in small groups around the table and in each other's homes enables us to build relationship in a way that perhaps we couldn't hear. People talk more, don't they, uh, when they're in a small group and they feel a bit more confident. And they love each other as they build relationships. And so uh, building relationships, loving doesn't always come like really quickly and uh, really uh, naturally. But as we build relationship and we get to know people, uh, then uh, we build love as well. And John, in John 13, it says, I love this, Jesus says to his disciples that the people around you will be able to see that you're my disciples because of the way you love one another. That's great. Wouldn't it be amazing if people in our city said, uh, we can tell that they follow Jesus because of the way that they love one another. Last week, I heard about a connect group here at Alive, uh, led by James and Heather, uh, and uh, Megan and Joseph Bell are in that connect group, and uh, they've just heard some really sad news about uh, Megan's pregnant, and uh, her baby uh, is um, growing uh, in a way that looks like uh, she has spina bifida and has got to have quite a lot of uh, hospital checks in London and in Nottingham, and uh, the connect group gathered round, knowing that Megan and Joseph are going to have to be overnight in hotels and uh, train journeys that perhaps they can't afford. And uh, they did a, um, a collection and raised over £600 for hospital accommodation and train. I just think that's brilliant. And Heather and James, I've got a box of heroes for you that I'll give to you at the end because you are uh, heroes uh, within our church life. You can share them with your connect group uh, though next time you meet. I don't think it's always easy, and it takes sacrifice and commitment. But this kind of love that was shown by the early church can be shown by us. And uh, often we allow some of the kind of culture of the world to kind of sneak into the culture of the church. And I just want to take a, a few minutes just to say, let's be really on guard about that. I think the culture of the world at the moment, if I sum our society up, it would be that it would be instant and disposable and polarized and tribal. And it's marked by quick fixes and polarized opinions and quite a lot of offense against one another. People flock towards like-minded people. Uh, but within the church, we've got an opportunity to love beyond the divides. And for us to be persistent in our relationship, even when we see uh, disagreement or uh, it feels difficult. So if we're going to practice love and acceptance and be uh, persistent in our partnership to last the long haul I think we have to notice a few things about ourselves and uh, so that we can overcome them and be kingdom culture people not uh, the world culture I think we've got to first of all notice our own tribalism where we think who we are and we seek affirmation from other people around us uh, the people that are like us it makes us feel more comfortable doesn't it to be around people who are more like us 
but we need to notice that and realize who are the people that we want to uh, move away from or we don't feel comfortable with them. They disagree with me. They think something different about the politics or has something different about uh, other issues in our day and we just need to notice that. We also need to notice our fight and flight response, which is a, a posh uh, way of saying uh, when we're around people who make us feel uncomfortable, we want to either retreat and just run away or uh, we want to uh, attack and defend ourselves because we feel anxious and nervous. We just want to notice that. Because in the kingdom, uh, we're called to love beyond those divides and to bring uh, kindness and hope and love and just to uh, kind of calm ourselves when we feel like we want to get mad and uh, offended and defensive with people. So we need to notice our own tribalism and our own fight or flight. But we also need to cultivate a few things. We need to cultivate empathy. In order to love well, we need to cultivate empathy in our lives and uh, get to know what it's like to walk in other people's shoes. One of the things I love about the way James and Heather did that is they imagined part of their experience. They understood what it was like to be in those situations. They put themselves in Megan and Joseph's shoes and cultivated empathy and thought, I know how this might feel and so I want to help out. We need to love beyond the label. We also need to cultivate brave and honest communication. One of the rules in church life is if someone's upset you, go and tell them yourself. I don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear from other people that so-and-so did their head in and like, annoyed them. We want you to go and bravely communicate that to those people. And uh, do it gently. Do it kindly. Be nice. You know... Uh, I feel grateful for the way that some of my close friends have held a mirror up and said, this is a bit of a blind spot in your life, Joy, and uh, I know you're better than that. And uh, it was really brave of them to do it, and I feel loved because they did it, and I feel accepted. And I feel like even though they know, and you guys know my flaws, you still hopefully love me. We need to cultivate forgiveness. It's a spiritual discipline. It enables us to get through uh, into persistent relationship and love one another. And we need to cultivate our own emotional health. Keep your cup full. Uh, when we feel tired and worn out and a bit ratty, that's when we push other people away. And uh, So look after yourself and let other people look after you. And I just wanted to recommend a few books that have helped me be healthy, a uh, healthy human around other humans. Uh, Keep Your Love On by Danny Silk, brilliant book. And Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Pete Scazzaro, really good book if you want to go deeper into that. Okay, so we're connected to be in relationship and to grow together. We're also connected to grow in faith. Because in this passage, everyone was filled with awe at many wonders and signs um, that were performed by the apostles. And it's difficult for everyone in this room right now to operate in the supernatural spiritual gifts that God has given to them. But in connect groups, it's entirely possible. And we want to say our connect groups should be full of the spiritual gifts and encouragement and people taking turns and contributing. And I'd love to invite Paul and Jane Arnold uh, up here uh, now. Would you give them a big welcome? They're some of our heroes uh, in the church. We've got another microphone that we could give to Paul and Jane. Great. So Paul and Jane have been leading Connect Group for uh, years, haven't you? Uh, they're some of uh, our brilliant uh, also cluster leaders, so they oversee and lead a bunch of other Connect Group leaders as well. And uh, within your, uh, your Connect Group, I know that you're brilliant at discipleship and helping people on a journey. Could you just tell us a little bit about that? What happens in your Connect Group to build relationship and to share in the, some of the spiritual gifts uh, within your group? Great, thank you. 
Um, as I say, I think um, faith, as we know, comes from, um, um, from God's word. And I, I think um, and it's very, quite easy to know God's word and we can grow in understanding of God's word. And Joy's mentioned some commentaries and things like that. I think one of the challenges is to actually make God's word a part of our lives. And in our connect group, we try and make space for that. Uh, one thing we do, we, we give people preparation work beforehand. So they've already had a chance to, to, to look at the passage we're going to um, talk about so we can hit the ground running. And also try to create a safe space. And I love what Sarah said about children earlier. You know, children just ask questions. They don't think about, you know, they're just free to ask questions. But as adults, we think, oh, I dare not ask that question. You know, it might bring shame or I don't want to show myself up. But what in our connect group, we love to create a space where people can have freedom to ask whatever question they want about their faith and to help each other and support each other in that. And then I think... Um, Ben mentioned earlier as well about how that by then talking together we can then encourage one another to think about well that's that truth but how does it apply to my life today and tomorrow and how can I make that part of my life and that's the really hard bit I think easy, easy, we become familiar, familiar with Bible passages and Bible commands but I think as a group we can encourage and challenge each other to, to make that part of our lives and I think if you do that and then you know you're going to meet the same people again next week and they're going to ask you, then that kind of gives you that chance of accountability and to, to make that part of our lives. So, so I think it's great being, and I've just got a quick verse here from, sorry, in, in Paul in, um, and Paul, he talks in Corinthians about, it's a fantastic vision really of connect groups and the church who says and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the spirit that's brilliant thank you and Jane do you want to tell us how that how it works practically as well <clears throat> yeah, at the beginning of every uh, connect group uh, we meet weekly we're, we're quite passionate about meeting weekly so that we do have um, uh, frequent meetings together and get to know each other we always share over tea and coffee at the beginning how we've been getting on and that kind of thing and then sometimes we will um, carry on and do what we'd plan to do and pray for one another at the end but other times possibly the whole connect group evening will be devoted to praying over an issue that a particular person is facing it just depends we journey together through thick and thin, through the ups and downs of life. We've had people in our connect group who've um, been coping with bereavement, uh, with challenging circumstances, um, through parenting, through illness, different kinds of things. And we journey with one another. We genuinely support one another and care for one another throughout those circumstances. So um, it, it's very much a, a journey for all of us and uh, we support one another on that journey. That's amazing. And we've got a box of heroes for you that you can share with your group. We just want to say thank you for everything that you've done. You're brilliant. Thank you. So we're connected to grow in faith 
and we're also connected to grow numerically. This is where we see the bridge between our, our growing and our going vision, and we believe in multiplication. We believe that there's got to be space for everyone. We believe that everyone's welcome. We believe uh, that as we welcome people, they also then grow and they go in their faith. And sometimes uh, I've heard from people that our group's full, and so uh, I get that. I used to uh, lead a connect group for 16 years, and uh, the life cycle of the Connect Group can sometimes uh, feel like you've got new people coming all the time. And, uh, but that's our heart because that's the heart of Jesus. We want to bring people in so that they can know Jesus. And we want to multiply and grow because our city needs to hear about him. And people need to know that they're included and valued. So I would love you to uh, in to welcome Bob and Joe, who are also uh, some of our Connect Group uh, leaders and cluster leaders. Uh, here they come. <laughs> Bob and Joe have multiplied their Connect Group a few times, and uh, they uh, have got all sorts of wisdom to share about what it looks like to include. It's a sacrifice sometimes. Why don't you tell us about that? What Leading Connect Group, what it's like, and how you've multiplied. Well, we've been leading the Connect Group for a over 11 years and wow. uh, we really consider ourselves to be the hosts of our connect group because in our connect group there are certainly people who are better at praying than us people are better at the bible than us people are better at communion than us so so we actually encourage these people and we encourage our connect group to actually take part in all that we are doing. And quite honestly, running a connect group isn't really a burden. If you ask your group to actually connect with everything, yeah. and they will actually, we ask them to actually do discussions. Yeah. We ask them to pray for what, what people ask them to be prayed for in the group. So, in, and us, well, we just say, we just see ourselves as the coordinator. Great. And we coordinate the group. We, we, uh, we look after them and we meet with them. And we just, quite honestly, being a connect group leader, we don't feel is a burden. That's brilliant. In fact, we, would you say it's a joy? Sorry? A joy. Would you say it's a joy? A joy. Yes. A joy. It's not a burden. It's a joy. It's a joy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> We, we, in, we actually enjoy, enjoy it. it. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bob. And Jo, can you tell us about how you've multiplied? What happened there? Yes. Um, well, our numbers were increasing, which was absolutely fabulous. And I sort of, we asked ourselves a question, how many is too many in a group? At, when, at what point does it come too large? Um, and we love big groups. You know, there's a real buzz about it. Um, so... I think for us, it was, and it, was not, it, it is down to the numbers you can fit in your front room and your, your lounge, that's, that's true. But also for us, it was, if you've got creeping up to 17 and you're doing a round of drinks beforehand, and, uh, and then everybody who's got a birthday in the two weeks following has a card, and you're running around getting all the cards signed, and it makes sure a cake's done, and the, the drinks at the end, you were fi I was finding we were kind of 
doing and was, we weren't being, and I was missing things. Yeah. But then when I muted to the group, um, perhaps we're getting a little large. Oh, there was a mutiny. <laughs> we are not leaving. We will get placards. We won't leave. So, uh, do we go on to yeah, say what, so happened? what happened? Yeah. So, actually, what happened? <laughs> mutiny. Thought, oh, right. Okay, what we're going to do? But actually, what happened is we were away. We were away. Um, you know, now and again, and Maureen and Jean stepped up, and and um, a number met there, and they loved it. We had such good feedback, so we don't worry about going away because we knew that uh, Maureen and Jean could could handle it wonderfully. So then, so then we took the bull by the horns, and we asked Maureen and Jean to come round for a coffee and to uh, explore whether they'd like to take the group on. Well, they had conferred amongst themselves and decided that if we offered them that opportunity, they would decline. So, but, but, um, in the, uh, the, the days beforehand, God had spoken to them each individually and unbeknown Ooh. to them, they both turned up to this meeting not knowing that the other had... Had, was willing to take it on Great. and to be honest it, it's it's flown from then that's brilliant yeah. and you guys yep. still connect and um with the other Absolutely. connect groups don't you through your yeah. cluster yeah. yeah i'm going to give you some heroes thank you so much guys really appreciate that yeah thank you yeah we want people adding to being added to our number uh, to be commonplace amongst uh, our church community as well and I want you to imagine what it would look like if we were really committed to that kind of persistent, proactive and purposeful partnership in the church where even when people do our heads in, we, we love them and we bring them in and we are committed to forgiveness and we're committed to one another and we're committed to operating in the supernatural spiritual gifts and we're committed to multiplication. What could our church look like? What could our city look like? And so I just want to ask you, um, who are the people that you're connecting with? And just to challenge you, if you aren't in a connect group yet, uh, we would love you to sign up uh, to be in a connect group, to get around the table or in the living room with uh, real life people who love you and want to do a journey with you. And I just love it, uh, just uh, if the connect group leaders who lead uh, groups within uh, a life could just stand up uh, to their feet, so we just want to say a big thank you as well uh, to you. Don't be shy. Thank you so much, guys. You are heroes. And we bought you some heroes. We'd love you to come and claim yours to use with your group this week. Thank you for everything uh, that you do for us in the life of the church. And also, just, just if the Holy Spirit has spoken to you about a relationship that you need to mend or fix, we're here together to be in community together. And uh, if you could be brave and have some honest communication and uh, 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 forgiveness uh, and uh, connect with people, then that would be uh, really working out the life flow of who we are because we want to be together for the long haul. And we don't want to represent the culture of the world. We want to represent the culture of the kingdom. Well, I'd love to uh, lead you in a prayer that we pray every week at Alive because we believe that God wants to add to our numbers every week. And we never know if there's someone in the uh, room who doesn't know Jesus. And so we use it as a bit of uh, liturgy or uh, something that we can speak out just to make our own declaration as well that Jesus is Lord and we want to pursue and follow him in relationship. 
and in the church. So I would love you to read this out loud together. Uh, And once we've read it out loud, if you prayed this for the first time, if you want to be added to us, if you want to know Jesus, if you want to be in community like this, uh, I'd love you to put your hand in the air when I ask you so that we can get someone from our team to come and uh, pray with you and celebrate with you. So let's pray this prayer together. Thank you, God, for loving me before I ever loved you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that I can get connected to you now because you are alive today. I admit that I have lived my life without you and have missed up. I ask for your total forgiveness and I commit myself to you. Help me to submit my life to your teaching and direction from now on. I receive you into my life and ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. With your eyes closed and heads bowed, if you prayed that prayer for the first time and you want to be added uh, to us, uh, then I'd love you just to put your hand in the air uh, right now. In the balcony, if there's anyone. And anyone down here. That's great. Just one last time. If that's for you, you want to join this journey of faith. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Do you know the Bible says that um, the angels rejoice in heaven when one person finds Jesus. So uh, we'll join with the angels. And I'll just pray for you before I pass back to Stuart. Thank you, God. I do thank you when I think of these guys. Uh, because of our purposeful partnership in the gospel to see this city transformed and see our hearts changed as we rub uh, along shoulders with one another and walk alongside together. And uh, we pray that you would join us and that we would have a deep revelation of your koinonia, that we are called together and that we will be persistent in our relationships with one another and that Uh, we would flourish as a community along with the churches in this city to see your kingdom come and your will be done. Amen.